This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Our scripture for today, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, it reads, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 19, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. God, our creator, sustainer, we ask right now in a special way that you just move into this place, move within us, God, that we may hear from you. Out of all we've gone through, out of all we're going through, help us to know who you are and who we are. So bless this message on today. Bless each one who hears it, that it may be a blessing to us, that we may be a blessing unto others, that your will might be done. So use us now, speak to us and through us, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And God will supply mm, every need of yours. God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Wow. Our subject today, God will supply. God will supply. Wow. What a week. What a week we have had this week. Mm -mm -mm. Election day turned into election week. What a week we've had. I, I can remember on Tuesday, and at one point on Tuesday night, we used to be able to tell who's won. Election, we could do that. And that wasn't the case this time. And some things happened on Tuesday night. I, I received a text because some folk were looking at this Tuesday night and said, oh, this, this doesn't look good. This doesn't look good. That was Tuesday. That was Tuesday. But three days later, yeah, things started looking different. Yeah, I think, matter of fact, the text I got said, this is how it looked on Tuesday, but that's not how the story ends. Three days later, Hallelujah. This was a week. That's all I got to say. We had a week this week. And even on top of what was going on with elections, look at what happened with the coronavirus. The numbers were higher and getting even higher in our community, uh, in the state, in this nation. And, and yet, even though we didn't hear as much about it this week as we've been hearing other weeks, primarily due to the election, but things are even worse now than they were even earlier. What a week we've had. The church, God's church, is needed now more than ever. <clears throat> yes, you're needed now to be more of what God has called you to be. Those who don't know Christ, those who, have, who do not have the peace that comes with the relationship with God, need those of us who know God and can share his joy, his love, his peace with them. 
we need it for such a time as this. You, the people of God, all of us, we will be called upon to do God's will as never before. Not what I want, not what I want, not what you want, not what our friends want, but we have to constantly ask now, what does God want? How can we do what's important to God? Now, why is that important? Because it's still God who will supply all of our needs. Let me say it again. It's still God who supplies all of our needs. Yep, yep. It's not really who's in the White House. It's not really who's at your house. It's still God. Through everything we've been through and for all you're yet about to go through, do not lose sight of who's in control. It's God who supplies all of our needs. He is still in control. Even though, as I said earlier this week, COVID-19 numbers were not highlighted as much, we're still living in a pandemic. We have to wear our masks when we're out or around others. You have to wear your mask. Also have to make sure you wash your hands at least for 20 seconds with soap. Sanitize and wash your hands regularly. You also have to make sure that we're keeping a safe distance, at least six feet away from folk who have on a mask. And people without a mask, you need to stay into the next county. Can't say that enough. You need to be very mindful of what you're doing. But with everything that is going on, and for everything that will go on, God is still in control. And he is still supplying our needs. But there's a reason. It's a reason why God supplies our needs. <clears throat> well, you may ask, what is that? Well, I want you to hear this. We need God, and God needs us to do his will. We need God, and God needs us to do his will. Be not dismayed, whatever be time. God will take care of you. Be near this wing of love about God will take care of you. Him writer said, God will take care of you through every day, all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. He'll do it. So seeing that we believe God will supply, let's look at three things that can help us navigate through the stormy season of our lives and receive everything that God has for us. First thing I want us to note is God's providence. His providence. The word of God clearly teaches the providential workings, the providential workings of God in nature and in the lives of his people. The word providence comes from two Latin words, pro meaning before and video meaning to see. God's providence simply means that God sees to it beforehand. It does not mean that God simply knows beforehand because providence involves much more. It is the working of God in advance to arrange circumstances and situations for the fulfilling of his purpose. We are very familiar with the story of Joseph and his brothers. 
We see it. Genesis it, ex, it uh, illustrates the meaning of God's providence. Joseph's brothers envied him because of his coat of many colors and because of how his father loved him. They sold him as a slave when he was only 17 years of age. He was taken to Egypt and there God revealed that seven years of famine were coming and after seven years of plenty, or seven years of famine would come after seven years of plenty. It was through Joseph's interpretation of Pharaoh's dreams that this fact was discovered. Because of that, Joseph, who had been sold, who had been lied on, who had been ridiculed, had been placed in jail and in prison, is because of this revelation, Joseph was elevated to the position of second ruler in Egypt. And after 20 years of separation, Joseph's brothers were reconciled to him and they understood what the Lord had done. Matter of fact, it was said in Genesis 45, Joseph was saying to them, God did send me before you to preserve your life. In other words, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. Wow. That's the providence, providence of God. His hand ruling and overruling in the affairs of life. God allows us to be in situations where we can even learn about ourselves. We may think that we love everybody. We may think that on our minds as those who love God that we automatically just love everybody. We can say that, but are we really faithful? Are we really loving as we ought love? Are we really doing what God would have us to do? Are we doing it the way God would have us to do it? I'd like us to see and understand that God moves in his own special way. Paul experienced this divine providence in his life and ministry. And he was able to write, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Again, his purpose. We're talking about being in his purpose, doing his will. God in his providence has caused the church at Philippi to become concerned about Paul's needs. And it came at the very time Paul needed their love the most. Yes. If you continue to read in this chapter, you'll see earlier how Paul was in need and he needed someone to come to his aid. And there was a time when Philippi, the church at Philippi could not do it. They had been concerned, but they had lacked the opportunity to help. They, they were concerned, but they did not have the opportunity to help him. Many Christians today have the opportunity, but lack the concern. Life is not a series of accidents. It's a series of appointments. We have many appointments in life. Some that we've made ourselves and some that were made for us. But if you understand God's providence and you love God with all your heart and you lean not to your own understanding, everything you're going through still works out for your good. You just have to trust God and believe that God is who he said he is. Our responsibility is to love God. Our responsibility is to trust God. Our responsibility is to know that it's God who has this no matter what this is. God has it. God has it. He'll take care of us. He'll sustain you. But you have to trust him enough to know that he will. It's the providence of God. Secondly, we can make it and God will supply because of the power of God. Paul is quick to let his friends know 
that he's not complaining. His happiness does not depend on his circumstances or on other things. His joy comes from something deeper, something apart from either poverty or prosperity. Mm. Most of us have learned how to, as Paul puts it, be a base. What am I saying about that? Most of us have learned how to make it through difficult times and difficult situations. Because when we are in difficult times and when we are in difficult situations, we tend then to immediately turn to the Lord. I'll never forget watching some movies, some television show, something or whatever else. And this show had nothing to do with the Lord at all. I mean, just nothing at all. And then in the midst of this show, somebody was either shot or had the oxygen or something, and written into the script, somebody said, Lord have mercy. I said, what, what did they just say? Lord have mercy. Couldn't help it. But look, if that's the only time you're going to turn to the Lord, at least turn to the Lord then. I mean, folk can get in bad situations and still look for other means of help, look for other means of comfort rather than turning to the Lord. Nothing wrong with turning to the Lord in trouble. He's there for us. In the time of trouble, yeah, he shall hide me. That, that's what the Lord would do. He will keep you. He will sustain you. But our, our, our problem today, our concern today is not so much that we'll go to the Lord in difficult times. We need to learn what Paul learned. Few have learned how to depend on him when they are abounding. Prosperity has done more damage to believers than had adversity. Yeah. How is your giving back to God when you got everything you think you need? How is your depending upon the Lord when everything is, I, I'm good? How much do you really think about God when all your bills are paid and he's made a way, your, your health is great? How many times do you then think about what it is that God would have you to do and how he would have you to do it? How God can use you to be of help to others and he can continue to bless you in the midst of your prosperity. Paul said, I've learned how to be. I'm, I'm okay. I can do all things because whether I have or whether I do not have, I know it's God who has everything and he controls everything. Paul teaches us a lesson today. He teaches us that we should not be like the man that Jesus talked about when he had so much that he built bonds and he says, I'm going to build bigger bonds so I can just store up everything I have. Not worried about his neighbors, not thinking about folk that don't have health care provisions, not thinking about folk that have all kinds of situations, uh, incarceration, just getting higher than what it should be and how people are, are treated with so much injustice in the community. No, no, I'm good. I got mine. Just, just let me get more money. Let me get more money and let me store up what I have. Let me buy more stocks. Let me buy more bonds. Let me just take all I have and just carry all I have and the heck with everybody else. Jesus said of that man who said he bought bonds and we're going to build bigger bonds. He said, thou fool. Today your soul could be required of you. Even in the midst of prosperity, we need to learn like Paul. And Paul had plenty. He was still trusting God. He was still doing the work God had called him to do. He was still reaching the least, the last, the lost. He was still doing everything he could that those who don't know God could come to know God. We need to learn in it. When we see in this text, it says the word instructed in Philippians 4 and 12, 
is not the same as the word learn in Philippians 4.11. Instructed means initiated into the secret. You got to hear this. This word was used by the pagan religions with reference to their inner secret. Through trial and testing, Paul was initiated into the wonderful secret of contentment in spite of poverty and prosperity. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's the power of Christ within him that gave him spiritual contentment. Let me say it again. It was the power of Christ within him that gave him spiritual contentment. In the midst of all he was going through, Christ in him could help him to be sustained. Christ could help him to say, well, I'm just going to kill myself. Christ helped him not to be able to say, well, I don't understand this whole world. I'm going to kill somebody else. Christ helped him to say, I'm not going to give up, but I know that God is who he said he is, and I trust him, I believe him. So Paul had an inner strength that all of us have when we've come to give our heart to God. When it seems like all hope is gone, what do you turn to? To whom do you turn? When all hope is gone, who? Who you turn to? And, and one thing about it, if you, to whoever you might turn to, they might not always be there. And whatever you turn to many times is not going to be able to sustain you in the midst of what you're turning to. Oh, I've heard folk tell me many times again, oh, I got to smoke this or I got to drink this because it calms me down. Makes me feel better. Well, how long do you feel better? How long are you calm? Oh, until the next crisis comes. What would happen if we could be calm by just knowing that if God be for me, it doesn't matter who's against me. What will calm you if you know the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want? What will calm you if you know that God will just keep you and sustain you in the midst of whatever you're going through? Because he sits high and looks low and he cares about it. And no matter what you're going through, God knows what you're going through. And you can be strengthened because you know who God is and how God moves. Well, what are you saying to me, Pastor? Well, look at nature. All of nature depends on hidden resources. The great trees, cedar trees and other trees, they send their roots down into the earth to draw upon the water and the minerals that's in earth. Rivers have their sources in the snow-capped mountains. But the most important part of a tree is not the part that you can see. The most important part of the tree is the part you cannot see. Whew. The root system. And the most important part of a Christian life is the part that only God sees. Yet, unless we draw on the deep resources of God's faith, unless we decide to depend upon God in the midst of everything we're going through, that I'm trying to caution us. We cannot depend upon elections. We cannot depend upon the situation of this world. We cannot depend about who's in whatever position. No, our dependence still lies within and on God who sits high and looks low and who's not up for re-election. His love has to dwell deep within our hearts, deep within our minds, deep within us that we can live as he'd have us to live and love like he'd have us to love and care like he'd have us to care no matter what the circumstances and situation all around us might be. We have to draw deeper on the resources that God gives us or we'll fail and fall against the pressures of life. Paul depended upon the power of Christ at work in his life 
That's why it says, I can through Christ. That was his model. It should be our model too. Matter of fact, it's put this way, I am ready for anything through the strength of the one who lives in me. That's the way J.P. Phillips translates it. The Living Bible puts it this way, I can do everything God asks me to with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and power. No matter what translation you prefer, you can read it in another translation, the message Bible and others, but no matter what you read, it's the same thing. The same thing. Christians have all the power from within. We have everything that we need for all of the demands that we will face in life. We need only to release his power by faith. Jesus teaches on the Sermon of the Mount about the vine and the branches. Yeah, on the sermon, he, he says this in John, in John 15. Not Sermon of the Mount, but he says in John 15. He says, he is the vine. We, we are the branches. A branch is good only for bearing fruit. Otherwise, you might as well just burn it. Throw the trash, burn it. The branch is connected to the vine. The branch does not bear fruit through its own self-effort. No. But by drawing on the life of the vine. That's why Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. As a believer maintains our communion with Christ, the power of God is there to see us through. I am self-sufficient. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Philippians 4 and 13. Amplified by. The providence of God and the power of God as two spiritual resources on which we can draw, of which we can find adequate for everything we have to go through in life. But yet there's still a third resource, and that is the promise of God. Notice what Paul does in this text we have now as our text. Paul thanks the church at Philippi for their generous gift. He compares their giving to, to various other things, like to a budding tree. He, he talks about how, how, how in the winter you, you look, but in the spring the tree buds. But, but look at that. But look at what he says to them in Philippians 4.17. He says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Don't, don't miss that. Let me say it again. Paul says to the church at Philippi, the church at Philippi was now giving to meet Paul's needs. They, they were helping Paul out because now they had the resources to do so. Paul is telling them, thank you. But notice what he's saying. He said, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Yeah. In other words, Paul lets them know that they're giving to him to fulfill the ministry that God has placed within him was an investment for them. Whew. I don't know if you heard that. It's an investment for them. Paul looked on their missionary gift as an investment that would pay them rich spiritual dividends. The word communicate is our familiar word fellowship. The church entered into a, an arrangement of giving and receiving. The church gave materially to Paul and received spiritually from the Lord. The Lord keeps the books. Let me say it again. The Lord keeps the books and will never fail to pay one spiritual dividend. The church is poor 
the church that is poor, the church is poor that fails to share materially with others. We have to share. Paul called it a sacrifice. Paul in the gift as a spiritual sacrifice. Laid on the altar of the glory of God. There are such things as spiritual sacrifices in the Christian life. We are to yield our bodies as a spiritual sacrifice, as in Romans 12, 1 and 2. As well as the praise of our lips in Hebrews 13, 15. Good works are a sacrifice to the Lord. And so are the lost souls that are privileged to win, that we're privileged to win to Christ. Becomes a sacrifice. Paul sees the Philippian believers as priests, giving their offering as a sacrifice to the Lord in light of Malachi 16, Malachi 1, 6, and 14. We need to present the very finest that we have to the Lord. Can't say that enough. God will supply all of our needs. Yes, God will supply. But he supplies based upon the fact that we recognize who he is. Paul does not see the gift that they were given to him simply as coming from Philippi. No, 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 no. He sees the gift as coming from God. He sees it as a supply of his need from heaven. Let me put it this way. No matter what it is you're trying to do, no matter what you are, are out there seeking to get done, if it's God's will, it's God's deal. God will pay his bills. I know we get a little shaky about paying bills sometimes. But if it's God's will, it's God's bill. If you're doing what God would have you to do, the way God would have you to do it, you don't have to worry about it. Don't worry about the cost. God got it. He owns everything. He calls to do it. Look at what Paul did. Paul's trust was in the Lord. Let me say it again. Out of all the things Paul went through, out of all the terrible things he went through and all is how he was treated, his faith, his trust was in the Lord. Our trust should be in the Lord. There's an instant contrast between Philippians 4 and 18 and 19. We might state it this way, and we paraphrase Paul. He said, you met my need, and God is going to meet your need. You met one need that I have, but God will meet all of your needs. You gave out of your poverty, but God will supply your needs out of his riches in glory. God has promised to supply all of our needs. Now, don't get caught up in that because sometimes we think God's going to supply all of our greeds. But no, it's all of our needs. When a child of God is in the will of God, serving for the glory of God, then he will have every need met that will bring God glory. Contentment comes from adequate resources. Our resources are the providence of God, the power of God, and the promise of God. He will supply all of our needs. And out of every other need that we have, you might say unto today, Pastor, you just don't know what I'm going through. You don't know my circumstances. You don't know my situations. You don't know how sleep-deprived I am. You don't know how terrible things are in my life. You don't know my relationship with my family members. No, I don't know that, but God does. And God cares. Many times we can get caught up on all the things in this world and all the circumstances and situations come in our life. But out of everything we get caught up in, realize this. God knows our end as well as he knows our right now. 
And he loved us so much that that's why I get so excited when we talk about how Jesus came to this earth and went about doing good. Get excited because this world is not our home. We're all estranged and passing through. And one day we too have to leave this world. Yes, out of all we're going through, I can tell you right now, out of every circumstance, out of every situation, out of every hard thing you're going through, you still want to get one more breath. You still want to wake up again in the morning. And when you wake up, you want the bread to not, your seat to not be your winding sheet and your bed to be your cooling board. You want to wake up and get up and say, Lord, I thank you. He gives us that energy, but it's so he can get glory. And he can get glory because he loved us so much that Jesus came, went about doing good. And even though all the good he did, folk talked about him and ridiculed him. You think folk talking about you? Don't get all upset about that. You don't have to talk back at him. Let them know how great God is and how much God loves them in the midst of everything they're doing. Let them know that God loves them in spite of themselves because this is what he did for you. This is what he did for me. This is what he did for everybody. He allowed them to put nails in his hands and nails in his feet with a crown of thorns on his head. And on the cross, the Bible says he died while we were yet sinners. Oh, but the story doesn't stop there. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there all night Friday, stayed there all day Saturday, stayed there all night Saturday night. But early on that third day, Jesus got up from the grave with power. Power over the grave, victory over death. We celebrate that victory today. Oh, it's not because you've been so good. Not because you've been so caring and so loving. Not because you've been getting everything right that he supplies our needs. It's because of his love, his grace, his mercy. He died for us. Don't take it just for yourself. Share that news with others. Share the good news with others. Share the news that he died. Share the news that he rose from the grave. Share the news that he ascended into heaven. Share the news that he's coming back again for his church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back. He loves us. He's going to supply all of your needs. Yeah, understand this. God is using you in a special way. That the way he supplied needs today is like he did then. One of the ways. The church of Philippi was a blessing to Paul. And we as a church ought to find ourselves being a blessing unto others and a blessing to each other. I don't know what God, how God has blessed you with or what's going on in your life right now, but I know you ought to take time and say, Lord, if I can help somebody as I pass this way, if I could have some cheer, if I could give some cheer to someone today, Lord, use me. One song says, if you can use anything, Lord, use me. But today, trust God with your life, that God will use you, direct you, and bless you. Because your blessings only come when you are a blessing to others. Yeah. Do you know why the dead sea is dead? I don't think I mentioned this, but I'm done. Do you know why the dead sea is dead? The dead sea is dead because water can only flow into it and not out of it. It only gets and never gives. I wonder how many people today are just living a life where you just want to get, get, get and not give, give, give. And you feel dead. You feel dead. You feel that no one, not even God, can supply your needs because the more you get, the more you want. Let me tell you right now. 
You can totally turn your life around by trusting in a God who loves you and cares for you. You can totally give your life to God right now, even as you're watching over the internet, even though you're watching YouTube, Facebook, even as you're hearing it on my podcast. You can say, Lord, I need you in my life. A private, private between you and the Lord. Because God knows your heart. God knows what you're going through. God knows the situation you're in right now. God knows the very thoughts you have. But he also wants you to know how much he loves, how much he cares for you. Right now, today, how much he cares for you. You don't have to wait. You can pray this prayer right now. Pray out, pray out by the prayer. You can pray this prayer to accept him as Lord of your life. You can just say, Lord, I need you in my life. Pray, pray this prayer with me to accept him into your life. And there are others who can pray the prayer along with you. If you don't want to do it right now, somebody later on, just, just call on you pray. But, but this is the prayer you need to pray with these elements. So pray this prayer. Repeat after me if you want the Lord in your life. Father God, I have sinned. I have not been all I should be. I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life and help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you've given your heart to God right now, we celebrate with you. We thank God for you. Because the Bible says, if you shall confess your mouth to the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God is raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Hallelujah. We celebrate. Right now, we celebrate. We celebrate. We celebrate. You can put it in the feed that you've given your life to God, and we'll communicate with you later, but we're so grateful for how you made that decision. Thank you again for coming to share with us at First African Baptist Church. Thank you for sharing with, with us in this worship experience. Don't forget that we'll be sharing together at 6.30 um, on Thursday with our showcase. We're talking about stewardship and finances. You don't want to miss that. 6.30 on this Thursday night. And again, a great shout out to Minister Bolger and that awesome Sunday school. To God be the glory. Thank you for a terrific Sunday school. You're getting beside yourself. But we give God praise. Let's keep in mind all of the things we're doing. Bible study on Thursday at 12 noon as well. Uh, be in the place for Bible study as well. Again, we thank God for you. Don't forget to give. Don't give a G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. We're the Millington First African Baptist Church, 23 Montgomery Street, Savannah, Georgia, 31401. Uh, you can do giving. Uh, you can send it. However you want to do you can call and he's going to come back and get it. Amen. Stay at a safe distance. You know, leave it outside. Don't leave it out too long. You know, come get it. Be fine. But again, thank you for sharing with us, for being with us at First Half of Baptist Church. We thank God for you. We love you. We love you. We love you. And we ask you to help us to do our part. As we know, God will supply. Whatever it is, trust God. Stay connected with God. Let us pray. God, our creator, sustainer, redeemer, again, we thank you, we love you, we adore you, we magnify your name. 
Thank you for supplying all of our needs according to your riches, not ours, but to your riches. Help us, God, to say not our will, not my will, but your will be done in all that we say and do. Bless us that we can truly be a blessing unto others. And God, as you continue to bless us, help us to look to you as the author and finish of our faith. We thank you for this world. We thank you for the United States of America. We thank you for the state of Georgia. Hallelujah. We thank you for our Chatham. We thank you for Savannah. We thank you for all you've done in and through our lives. Now guide us, bless and keep us to do the work you call us to do for such a time as this. And now we ask that the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit would rest, rule, and abide with us now henceforth and forevermore. Let the people of God say amen and praise God. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.